Welcome to Shonen Trash. We watch an anime series each week and decide if it's worth your time so you don't have to. I'm Kevin Bobbitt, and I'm all by myself this week. Uh, Vince and Lauren are busy today. They had a family thing. I think Vince's youngest brother graduated from high school today. So you're stuck with me, and you guys all have to suffer through that. <laughs> uh, but to help me this week, I have two special guests with me. Um, would you two please introduce yourselves? Hi everyone, I'm Katie Farina. And I'm Ryan Sai. And uh, to those who have been here for a while, you remember Katie. Katie was here for Izetta, uh, one of the worst animes from the last season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's always nice to have a new guest on the show. So, first off, how have you two been? How are you doing today? It's, it's a lovely Sunday, it's nice outside. Uh, it's been it's been good. Been busy, uh, which is great. Hopefully, stuff we can share soon. Um, yeah. How about you, Roy? I mean, I've just been working all day, so it's whatever for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Roy, would you please uh, just kind of give us a rundown of you know who you are, what you do, and what your what was your introduction to anime and the world of all of this mess that we talk about every week. Oh, goodness. I didn't realize we were recording for the entire evening. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, my name's Ryan. I'm a comic artist. Uh, I'm married to Kate. Well, uh, okay, we're not actually married. We're married. We're six married. We got married. No, you're married. Course. You're married. Uh, it's, yeah. Okay. We're six I've seen married. it enough on Twitter. You're married. <laughs> yep. Fine, fine. You, te- you say we're married. Everyone's going to be confused when we actually get married. Okay, well, if you guys want to send us a uh, early slash late wedding gift, my uh, Twitter is at Ryan's side. Ugh, unbelievable. <laughs> you can take all your PayPals to there. Uh. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I got into anime, gosh, I must have been like... 10 or so um it was back when the like the tsunami block there was a there was an afternoon kind of tsunami block for a while um the one with like zoids and like all that stuff on there sailor moon um i don't uh, i don't remember that far it was i sure do though i remember watching <laughs> zoids that was my shit i mean i did watch zoids but that was very early i'm a lot younger than kate um but there was this um this like afternoon like i came on right as i came home from school that was kind of before toonami came on that had like the younger animes um gosh i'm pretty sure that's where code lyoko was first uh syndicated for yes was yeah. it really oh man i was so into that god uh, yeah yeah. Regardless. <laughs> um, oh, Kodioka was. I was wait. That's what we maybe oh, we'll yeah. do another episode. Yeah, we, that could be an episode in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I. Oh God, I could sit all day and talk about Kodioka. Yup, me too. Uh, but I remember, um, like, as soon as I got home from school, I would sit down in front of the TV and watch that, and then that thing became tsunami. <laughs> Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was around the time Ruoni Kenshin had just started. Yeah, I That's that. when I really got oh into God. it. Yeah, I watched the very first episode of Ruoni Kenshin as it came on Toonami. I remember everything about that moment because I thought it was so fucking cool. Oh, shit. Can we curse on this podcast? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You, wait, you can't... You can't go like, oh, fuck. Oh, wait, shit. Can we fucking curse? Okay, look. I... 
All right. All right. <laughs> Look, I don't have the time or patience to edit in beeps if people curse, so I don't care. Rad. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I started watching anime like that, and then I thought it was super badass, and I started watching uh, or uh, reading a lot of manga from the public library. Ooh. Um until I could convince my mother to give me money for it. And then that was all of my money for the rest of my childhood. Um, <laughs> and when I realized that I probably wouldn't be able to move to Japan and become a successful mangaka, I <laughs> reined in my dreams and th- here I am. <laughs> okay, and we're... Here you are now. So what do you do now? Uh, like, what is what is your occupation? Oh, I'm just one of those in, terrible in American comic artists. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know about heck? terrible. You, you just Backstages had... was pretty great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I guess for your listeners, I am the uh, main artist and co-creator of Backstagers. It was an um, uh, eight-issue miniseries from Boom Studios. The trade comes out in July um, that I specifically enjoyed putting as much anime into that I could possibly smush into its pages. <laughs> yep. So, if you want to learn about have, me, just read that. I have all the issues. Um, I've read through about half of them because I have so many that I haven't touched that I've that I've been picking up from the comic shop. Uh, but well, thank you for your fantastic. support. I, yeah, definitely. Uh, anybody, if people make stuff and it's like their heartfelt thing, I will go out and buy it and support the hell out of it. It's because, like, I mean, that's something that that I would definitely love for people to do for for me. But like, why not support people you you know you like on the internet and say, you know, you made this product. Let me at least just buy it. You know, even if I don't really want it, I'm gonna buy it. You're good people, Kevin. You telling me you don't want my series? I see how it is. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not fine. I won't read the I won't read the other three volumes I have. I'll just leave it there. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I choose not to be offended. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it might have been a mistake of inviting me, Kevin. Oh, this is perfect. I love this. <laughs> we've we've so besides Vince and Lauren, there's never actually been like a couple that has like guested on here. I mean, because they're like they're on this thing every week, so I can't really do anything about that. Uh, so this is this is perfect for me. Now right you get now. to suffer with us. Yep. <laughs> uh, so sorry. um, let's try to let's let's get into the news. I love the first piece of news that I put on here is actually for Dragon Maid, which was which was great. Um, all these are pulled from the Crunchyroll website. Uh, or various other news sources. But our first piece of news is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid creator offers an early look at young Toru. Um, apparently, in the upcoming uh, issue of the Manga Monthly Magazine, um, Monthly Action, it's a flashback chapter, and in the article it shows two pictures, and this, like, this is not the, like, bubbly Toru that I'm used to seeing ever. And I don't know how to feel about it. A little too much, Toru. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about the I don't know how to feel. The manga and the anime, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not that far into the manga, but 
I have not I read the manga, and that was a stark contrast pulling that image up. Uh, yeah, I've only I've only read the first volume of it, which was enough. Yeah, same but, here. Anyway, anyway. Hmm. But hmm. if you scroll further down the article, it shows um, it's it's just a lot more art at the very bottom of it. Actually, shows the first Blu-ray, which I, I love that Japan is so still about like DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff mm-hmm. because they all look fantastic and come with so much stuff inside of them. I wish this was still a thing that was so popular over here besides with just like movies yeah look how cute this is i like the little character design sheet well doesn't japan have like a a very like uh large collector culture around these things like it makes sense that they would have yes like special edition and blu-rays and physical copies of stuff with as big as collecting is there and all we get is streaming services Hey, I'll take it. At least I can watch it when it comes out and I'll have to pirate it. I want this Blu-ray, though. Like, Yeah, it's really I mean, cute. I mean, Blu-rays aren't region locked. I could I could buy this for myself. Yeah. There's, like... It and they always like come there's... with, like, little special uh, special OVAs, too, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Is that what these little screen caps are at the bottom? I think so, because every time, like, it's like it's, we talked about something last week, and it came with extra OVAs, like, in, that are only on the Blu-ray. So there's, I guess for your listeners who aren't actually putting their eyes on this audio podcast, there's what looks like a sick Toru in, uh, or I'm sorry, a sick Kobayashi in a bed, um, three of the characters sitting at a table, uh, maybe schoolgirls or business? Yeah, it's a, a school, school lunch. Okay. Those are definitely schoolgirl outfits. Um, <laughs> they're on an airplane in one of them. Flight attendants? Yeah, the flight attendants. With a completely empty flight. Except for one. Except for it's just Kobayashi. Kobayashi. It's just Kobayashi. Uh, and then there is one that one of the other characters surrounded by really yummy looking food. Actually, look at those fluffy ass pancakes. Those look wow. delicious. Man. And then those are those uh, you know, uh, those a, pressure a cooker pancakes. Well, I don't think that's one of the OVAs. I think that just comes with <laughs> that's the Blu-ray. Just a <laughs> I think that's a little, well, little art piece. You you get a free titty picture with your Blu-ray. Uh, okay. The next piece of news. Is a little more wholesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. It is for Viz announces the uh, the Splatoon manga plans. And we actually talked about this two weeks ago when they announced that the manga was happening. Um, so Nintendo and Viz have partnered up and they're making a manga series based on these Splatoon games. And I guess that they're, they're, they're releasing this really soon just because Splatoon 2 comes out in like a month or so. I believe. Really? That soon? I'm not. Yeah. I know uh, it comes out soon. I, be... I didn't realize that. Soon. It is like it's it's it comes out this summer. I know that for sure. Uh, I gotta dump yeah. another sixty bucks on a game. Yeah, shame. I'm I'm so ready. Uh, Splatoon two comes out July twenty first. Dang, wow. that's really soon. Okay. About so about two months and some yeah yeah two months actually yeah. Damn. I don't have my Switch yet. I need to get my Switch so I can get ARMS and I can get Splatoon 2. You don't have a Switch yet? No, oh, it is Nintendo. the hardest thing in the world to find. Nope. <laughs> you know, like Nintendo makes like five systems. How did we get one? I don't know. Luck? Huh. I have a buddy who works at a GameStop, though, and she's going to give me a ring the day she knows that they're going to have a uh, shipment in Good. so I can go pick one up. Yeah, can't she is... just, like, do you a solid and Hold set one, one to the side? No. I wish. No. It's it's 
it's like first come first serve. So I, she's gonna like call me and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna wait outside your store when you open. Yeah. Ugh. Dang. Annoying. Uh, but good luck. Yeah, I hope you get one. God, I hope so. I want to get it before I go on all my trips this summer because I leave for I leave for Chicago in like three weeks, oh, and then I turn around right after that and go down to Florida for a week. Man, I've actually really enjoyed the like actual mobile feature of it. Yeah, it's really cool. I didn't I didn't think I would like enjoy its versatility as much as I do. I feel like I'll spend more time playing it in like the the handheld form than I will actually on the TV. I really like playing in the handheld form. It feels really good. It, like, it's good to hold. I, I think I'm so used to... I played, like, a bajillion hours of the Zelda game on the little, like, uh, controller insert thing yeah. on the TV. Mm-hmm. So it feels really weird to play Zelda on handheld, but, like, we have the... Um, uh, snipper clips? Yeah, the snipper clips and the Mario Kart game that works really well with just the little Joy-Con thing. It's like... It's a really well-designed piece of equipment. Yeah. Finally. I've played one, and I loved it. And so I, I just I can't wait to just get my own and just bring it home and just be happy. I want arms so bad. That's the game that's yeah. like... I was like, I was like, when this game comes out, that's when I'm really gonna hunt down this thing. Uh, yeah, I, I watched the uh, the Polygon like play video of it. It looks fun mm-hmm. as hell. Yeah. It looks uh, like what we boxing should have been. Yep. Yeah. These are such hot takes for video games on this anime podcast. Yeah, that's fine. We were talking about the the Splatoon manga. Right, so, I mean, it's okay. Uh, Our last piece of news is uh, the Wicked Eye Returns in Love, Chunibyo, and Other Delusions movie. And this is another thing that we brought up weeks ago. Um, but now there is an actual trailer for this movie. It's actually a sequel to the anime series that ended, I want to say, a year and a half, maybe two years ago. Um, I've never even heard the, of this. Uh, yeah, me either. This is like, um, so the, the show revolves around uh, the main character, Rika, who has something called a middle school syndrome. Oh, where I, I remember this. Wait, what's middle yeah. school syndrome? It's where you pretend so you're it's like, like an it's, angel it's where demon. you're a giant fucking weeb and everything in your life is turned to anime in your imagination. And that's what it is. Like oh. this is like those kids in sixth grade who swear to God they're like the reincarnation of Naruto. Whoops. I mean Yes. Oh, those kids. Yeah. Definitely not me yes. at all. I, I gosh, <laughs> a while ago I heard they were making a fucking anime about that. I didn't realize they actually had though. Huh. It had two seasons. Uh, it was. It actually was really good. Yeah. Uh, it's probably on Crunchyroll. But now they're doing the movie. The movie's supposed to hit theaters uh, January of next year. Um, and it, it continues, actually, uh, after the manga. So hopefully it doesn't divert too far from where the anime left off. Um, but from the little preview, the little preview actually didn't really show anything. It was just a voiceover. Huh. For uh, for this promotional image that we have on the top of the article, but I'm excited to see it. Um, if 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 it goes the way that a lot of anime movies have been going lately, we'll probably get him as get it as a fathom event somewhere. Hmm. Um, because like everything's been coming here as fathom events lately, which is fantastic that we're getting movies like subbed and dubbed and like everything over here for this, especially for what the turnaround is for all this stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm super glad that that's becoming more and more common. Uh, so if you see a Fathom event for a anime movie, go see it so they keep bringing more. 
like over that would be cool. When we had Sam here, uh, like three episodes ago, he's a buddy of ours who uh, who does voice acting, and he was on um, the the show that it just wrapped its first season called Nonbaka, uh, and he he told us the whole process of them like doing like the simul dubs and like for for stuff like that. For, so like the turnaround is like a week. Jeez. So from from when the Japanese episode airs, it gets translated. They get the script to the voice actors here. And within a week, they record, and the, the the dubbed episode goes out now. Wow, that's really fast. What? That's awesome. That, I mean, that's how um, because My Hero Academia this season is simul dubbed, so like it's a week's turnaround for all the new episodes. You're kidding? Whoa. Yeah. That's amazing. That's intense. Like I could understand that for subtitling, but for like actually dubbing over, that is that sounds. Horrible for the voice actor. Yeah, man, props to them. So, I mean, subtitling is is same day now. Like subtitling, like the, the Japanese episodes will air, and we'll get it like three hours later. Yeah, that that one I is also kind of crazy to me. But I guess there there's less acting that needs to go into that. Like, wow, do, right. do the translators get the script beforehand? How can they translate that in like three hours? Yes, they uh they 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 get the they get the uh, the script. Uh, before the episodes air in Japan, so they have the t- they have the chance to uh, translate everything. But there's also a team of translators that does this stuff, and not just like one person. Yeah, yeah. I'd be it'd be really fascinating to learn like the inner workings of that kind of system. Like, like we had same here, and he and he gave us the rundown for this stuff. This was yeah. the coolest thing ever. Like to just listen and see like how this worked. Yeah, we he's, he's like, we get episode. the script, yeah. and then the next day, we have to go into the booth to record. Sheesh. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that's it for the news this week. It's some some news that we, we di- diverted a little bit, but it's okay. If this is... I love having... Guest episodes are fun, because we can just kind of, like, kick back and just, like, talk. I have a lot to say um, about Dragon Man. <laughs> so... Uh, would our would our lovely new guest love to read the show description for us this week? Oh, I I was never the best uh, out loud reader, but I can do my best. You can do it. Should I do it in a funny voice? Like no, just do it in your normal Ryan voice. <laughs> okay, this is my normal Ryan voice. Mass Kobayashi. No, no, I I'm no. <laughs> that was I my normal voice. That was my reading aloud okay, voice. Okay, do whatever this voice is. <laughs> You mean this boy? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you may want to. I'll drink down a bottle of water, a little bit of water shot out of my nose. Fucking idiot. Okay. Miss um, Kobayashi is your average office worker who lives a boring life alone in her small apartment until she saves the life of a female dragon in distress. The dragon named Toru has the ability to magically transform into an adorable human girl albeit with horns and long tail, (laughs) who will do anything to pay off her debt. I can't do this, like, cadence anymore. Who will do anything to pay off her debt of gratitude, whether Miss Kobayashi likes it or not. With a very persistent and amorous dragon as a roommate, nothing comes easy, and Miss Kobayashi's normal life is about to go off the deep end. Who wrote that? Uh, Somebody that works at Crunchyroll. Oh, Crunchyroll, (laughs) please. Oh, oh, Crunchyroll. It's a very running thing on this show. Whenever we have to take a description from Crunchyroll, it's either something is spoiled, something is wrong, 
Or it's just like, it's just really weird and it feels like a little kid's book report. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the feeling. Goodness, um, okay. So let's fucking talk Dragon Maid. Uh, this show was fantastic. It was so I, good. I loved it. I, I had no idea what to expect going in. Um, I this certainly one wasn't shows... expecting something charming. Yeah. No. This is one of the shows going in that season, that season that just came out, where I was just like, I just want to watch something. And so I just picked this off, off of the, the new episodes list and just went with it. And I was like, this is this is perfect. I I have to watch this every week. <laughs> we kind of did the same thing, right? Well, well, what had happened was we were uh, flipping through Crunchyroll looking for anything, because sometimes you just get in that mood where you really want to try an anime. Uh, but it wasn't until I saw a, um, a snippet of the animation there's a there's a fight between uh kobayasha kobayashi no, it was, and kana it was, it was toru and kana you're getting uh, fucked. <laughs> the two dragons shit so many fucking <laughs> na- okay look i don't speak japanese there are too many goddamn words not okay <laughs> uh it was a it was a fight scene that was animated so fucking well uh that ended up being from this anime and i was basically a no way how that this, like, Moe anime could have, like, super badass fight scenes. So I made us watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I Well, thank I was, God you did, because, goddamn. Like, I was expecting so... I was expecting to be, like, a fan service queer baity like... Yeah. Like It's entire, a little fan service though. It it's, is. Let's, let's, I mean, like, yeah, it has elements of that, and I'm sure we'll, like, talk more about that later. Uh, especially considering it's source material, <laughs> but in general, it, it really did end up being a very like sweet, charming kind of story. Like you don't really go into a moe anime thinking you're going to be like overwhelmed by how genuinely charming it is. Yeah. Like typically, in my experience, just looking at the anime on at face value. I would pretty much assume it would just be, like, titties and, like, you know, the very fan service like, upskirt bullshit. But it... So I honestly thought it was going to be something kind of, like, akin to, like, Lucky Star or something. Yeah. Like, just... I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see it going the direction it did. No, not at all. And there's, there's so many little references. Like, there's a... In what was it, like the third episode, there's a Dark Souls reference, and I was just like blown away because I'm a huge Dark Souls fan. I was like, "This is first off a great portrayal of how hard it is to play Dark Souls." Wait, I don't, uh, I didn't play Dark. I don't know anything about Dark Souls. What, what was the reference? It's when Fafnir is playing the video game at uh, at Kobayashi's house, oh. and uh, yeah, and he's 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 like he's like, "Oh, go there." Go fight that guy. Oh, oh, now you're poisoned. Oh, don't open that treasure chest. That's a mimic. And it's like, you die. I'm like, yeah, that's literally playing Dark Souls. Like, everything <laughs> poisons you. Don't open any treasure chest without hitting it first, because it's probably a mimic. Uh, and here's this giant super boss while you're, like, the smallest person on the world. Huh. Sounds like, that was the every best... footage of Dark Souls I've ever seen. Yeah, so. okay. It's the best, like, portrayal I've ever seen of Dark Souls in anything. <laughs> I think they actually used the font... In, like, the You Died screen. Did they really? I think so. Oh, my God. This freaking anime, man. Um, but, so, let's, let's, let's go into 
So uh, we usually put down character information, and for this, we're, we're, I, I feel like we're going to talk about pretty much the whole show. So if you're if you're listening to this point and you don't want to spoiler stuff, um, you might want to cut it off here until like the last maybe thirty minutes when we get to questions. Um, but we're going to talk about characters and stuff that happens in certain episodes. So if you want to skip it, go ahead and do that now. You should watch it though. Yeah, I agree. Just, f- fuck yeah, watch this. It, it if has- you if. Like, it has its moments for sure, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but overwhelmingly, and especially for, a, like, a, 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 I guess, queer-ish sort of anime series, there's not a lot of things that are this heartfelt and charming. So I would definitely give it a watch. So the first character we're going to talk about is uh, obviously Kobayashi. Kobayashi is the, the, the titular character in the show. Um, She's my wife. And she... <laughs> <laughs> But I thought Kate was your wife. Yeah, I know they're the same person. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not true. I... Mm. It yeah. fucking is. Yeah, it is. All right. You're lazy. You can't cook. You work all day. <laughs> I'm not that lazy. I work all day. Catherine. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> it all comes out on this podcast right now. <laughs> I'm getting dragged to shit over here. You're gonna have to help us with our divorce proceedings in a few minutes. <laughs> um, I will make sure to not put any of your information into the description of this, just in case this is used in a court hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I submit the following as evidence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk about Kobayashi. So she's my wife. Kobayashi is the most. Like what in in the very early parts of the series, she's the most deadpan character, but I think that's why I really liked her very early on. I was immediately charmed by her character. Like the second she had like any personality showing on the screen, I was like, "This is my favorite character, and yep. will be for the rest of the series." Yep. See, I don't, I feel I feel so weird for who my favorite character is. But we'll get we'll get to her later. Kitty girl. Which... No, actually. Oh, that's surprising. Lukua <laughs> is a very weird character, and I definitely want to talk about her. And, like, there's there's a whole lot going on with her character that I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll get to her. But Kobayashi warms up so much to everything that happens in this series. Yeah. And it's, like, like She's for just, one, uh, just warming up to Toru is... She's such a, like, I don't know, empathetic and welcoming sort of character for how deadpan she is. And, like, she, she things don't phase her in an expected way. So She's deadpan, but she's not the, like, tropey, emotionalist deadpan. Yeah. Right. She's Her emotions are more guarded than they are absent, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that, that's, she gives kind of some reasons later on in the series. Yeah. Like, I I feel like out of any anime that I can think of where they had that kind of deadpan trope character, Kobayashi seemed to, like, overcome it and become less tropey as the series went on in a very, like, genuine and believable way. Yeah. Like, her, her walls were knocked down, like over time and she opened herself up in a very believable way yeah the all everyone's yeah, you character get to that final episode yeah everyone's character arc and character development in this series was very believable 
which is fresh. And I think just just because she is the 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 title character, she has so much character growth. Like it's you you see her like become like a mother, like pretty like a, a pseudo mother yeah. later on in the show, and it's. Like from from who from what she started as is just uh, a a a salary woman uh, who gets drunk with her other otaku friends at work. So it's becoming pretty much like somebody's somebody's mother, and it, that's that's so much character growth out of twelve what twelve episodes. Yeah, twelve or thirteen. She really developed this kind of maternal like instinct about her uh, after Kana comes into the picture. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like she just becomes, a, like, a kinder and gentler person, even though she's, like, a deadpan. She she becomes a lot softer to the other characters. Yeah. And it's super apparent mm-hmm. about the time uh, Kana comes in. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, before we get to Kana, um, let's talk about the other... Pretty much, the two main characters. Our, our other main character is Toru, who... It took me... So it took me a little while to actually warm up to Toru as a character. Yeah, yeah the same. Uh, I I didn't latch onto her as soon as I did with Kobayashi. Because of her personality and how much it differed. It's very uh, overwhelming. Yeah. Yes. She... And she she means she means well, uh, definitely. But she comes on so strong with everything, which I guess makes sense in foil to Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. But like, right. like in the early episodes, it was almost grating, and the only reason like like it was tolerable was because of how deadpan Kobayashi is. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember what the moment was when you actually really liked Toru? Oh man. I can tell you what mine was. Hmm. Um, mine was you, the scene at either the end of the first episode or the second where they are going to sleep and Toru sneaks into Kobayashi's bedroom um, and sleeps on the floor and eventually um, Kobayashi wakes up and, and Toru sneaks into bed with her um, and they're falling asleep and Toru has a flashback moment um, where she thinks about the place where she came from and it's it's at the end of an episode that was very, like, cheery and, like, bright and bubbly. And this flashback was really, like, upsetting and in such contrast to... Is when she has the nightmare? Yeah. It was in such contrast to yeah. her personality and, like, her interactions with Kobayashi that it was really surprising. And it was like, oh, wait, this character is not one-dimensional. And the way that it was presented was not, here's this bubbly character with, like, a dark past or whatever. It was more like... Here's a character that's more complex than she seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, I really like this character and I want to know more about her. I agree. Uh, maybe not with that moment specifically, but once we started seeing that she has, like, actual, like, three-dimensional personality when the um, the overwhelming kind of extra bubbly wall starts to crack and, like, her true personality... Uh, kind of comes out with Kobayashi. I think that's kind of when I, I flip-flopped on her. Like, she's not just this overwhelmingly sweet character. She's, like, actually, like, she can be kind of mature at times when she needs to be, 
and she like has reasons for the way she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the in the same way that um, Kobayashi's stoicism is sort of uh, the walls that she's built up to kind of protect herself. Um, Toru's bubbly personality is her her defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I think uh, the moment for me was probably, and this is, this is leading into our next character that we're going to talk about, is, um, it's, I think it's the first, the first episode where Kana comes in, or it's the second episode, um, where, uh, Kana is trying to, like, find places to, like, nap around the apartment. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she can't find somebody comfortable, and she goes up to Toru, and she, um, Toru sits down on the couch and, like, lets Kana fall asleep on her. And then she just has that moment of, like, that that moment, like, like you said, the moment of maturity. And it just shows, you know, it shows a lot more about her character than what we've seen, you know, in any other moment in these two or three episodes. Where she can definitely open up to somebody else besides Kobayashi. Um, and she has a very caring side that, that isn't super forceful, but it's just, like... I am a good person beneath all of this bubbliness and like aggressive love that I have for Kobayashi. And she she shows it to to Kana who when when Kana showed up, she told her to go home. She didn't want her there. I feel like the um the the point where I like per- turned around hardcore into loving this anime was the episode where Kana decides she wants to go to school. Yeah. And everything... Oh, my God. Everything that happened in that episode was heartwarming, genuine, or just the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. And, like, the the way they treated, like, Kana was so, like... I mean, I keep saying genuine, but there's not really another word yeah. to describe, like, just how human they come across and how three-dimensional they start seeming uh, human talk- is probably like the best description for it honestly yeah let's let's talk about Can- uh, kana and then let's talk about the episode a little bit more because i mm-hmm. agree kana's my favorite character in this fucking show really i love yes because she's just like she for for i mean for technically how old she is she's still a little kid like in when they introduce her they say you know she's She's very young for a dragon, but, like, she's still, like, probably, like, hundreds of years old, but, you know, personality-wise, she's a, she's a, what, she's, like, like a third grader? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, she's a baby. And she, she's a little baby, and it's, she, her design is adorable. She has, like, the whole indigenous look to her. Her dragon form is beautiful. It's so little, pretty. little, like, feathered dragon. I really dragon. like her little poof ball. Yeah. Her oh yeah, that is the best little design thing for her because she gets tired, um, and she can like recharge her energy with electricity, and her tail turns into a little electrical plug. So cute. Uh, but she she's a little kid, and I, I I love that she's a little kid that that's that's pretty much put between Kobayashi and and Toru, and made them into like maternal figures for her. I feel and like it's, it's, oh, Kana so was good. a great like in like a, a great introduction for them specifically because having that third like person that that needs care like really solidified Kobayashi and Toru as like 
I mean, basically parents. Yeah. But, like, I feel like... Tell you what, that child needs some food. Yeah, like, like, both Toru and Kobayashi have this, like, maternal sense with Kana, and I feel like her being there really established Toru and Kobayashi's relationship. Mm-hmm. And they definitely helped, she helped break down the walls a lot for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, between, like, the, the cooking episode where she needs the lunch, um, and they're both battling it out, trying to make the best lunch for her. There's the school festival where, you know, Kobayashi, like, through most of the episode was saying, you know, she couldn't go because she has work. And I remember, I think it was Lukua who talked to her, and she said, you know, it's not about if you can or can't go, it's will you make the time to go? Because, like, her parents were never around to do stuff you know, for her when she was a kid. But, like, she, like, overcame that and was like, I'm going to be here for Kana. And, like, she even gave her, her her surname to use when she's in school. Yeah. Oh, so cute. Like, it's little things like that. And it's just... It's so good. Um, let's go back and talk about that school uh, supplies episode. Um, you mean because, the best episode? Because I think it, <laughs> it it's a prime example of why... I mean, like Ryan said, where where I kind of turned around on this anime from like, okay, this is like a cute, still kind of fan service-y thing to like, this is a very sincere story that has fan service-y moments. Um, so the episode is basically, uh, Kana is stuck in Kobayashi's apartment and gets bored and she sees these little kids going to school and decides that she wants to do that as well. And uh, so Kobayashi and Toru sign her up for school and take her school supply shopping. And it is, oh my god, there's, okay. It, first of all, it is just as adorable and innocent and nice as it sounds. Um, is this the one where, where she's outside and she like she's like uh, like standing in place in the rain puddle? Because that's the cutest little kind of moment in the world. It is, yeah, it's that moment. Um, there's the, the, the part that really got it for me was there's a sequence of, um, they're going to pay for, (laughs) they're going to pay for all these supplies and it ends up being something like $300 or something really crazy like that. And Kobayashi like makes, has this, um, moment of like, oh my God, it's that expensive. And like she pays anyway, but like she wasn't expecting that. And as she was saying that Kana was coming up with, uh, coming up to her with this little like keychain character that she liked, and she heard Toru. Uh, I'm sorry, she heard Kobayashi exclaim how expensive it was and put it back. And later, when Kana is coming home from school, um, Kobayashi and Toru greet her, and Kobayashi gives her a little present, and it's that keychain. And the way that this story is presented is so it really does kind of like illustrate the beginning of that uh maternal journey for kobayashi and toru and and it it's a moment where their walls start breaking down really and we get to see more of their characters beyond the kind of almost quirky one-dimensional relationship that they've had so far um Mm -hmm. and it's like it's such a good episode and it's so unexpected i guess from you know judging by the character designs and judging by i mean like really just surface judging this anime like we all want to do uh you would never expect like such a sweet charming little episode like that i think the base of this show is really 
taking the the tropes that each character is based on and breaking them down and redefining them using a very sincere like character arc and i that's like a really fresh that shouldn't be fresh but it is because i'm so used to watching shit where at the beginning and at the end characters are basically still the trope that they're based on like is that a <laughs> we're not going to yeah. be salty okay. about the the booby witch anime mm. <laughs> but i mean look at like like look at fafnir as a character and how he comes into the series as just like oh humans are you know lowly doesn't he want to beings. kill them all yeah he hates them yeah he's, he's he's like i can just destroy this universe if i wanted to uh but then he turns into just a fucking otaku <laughs> going to conventions and like him going the him selling at the convention was the best part of like the second half of the series and fucking because he didn't sell he's... anything yet did it twice. Yep. Well, like, but he went like the books he sold were actual spell books. Like, it's it's not like he actually made something. He was selling actual spell books. Yeah. And it's like nothing sold, and he was so upset because uh, I think he was packing up to leave, and I think Toru asked him how it went, and he said he said don't say a word, and just like glared her down and left. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he did it the next uh, Comic-Con, too. Yeah. Oh, God. With Fafnir, that was another character where there's just these little quiet moments with each of these characters as we get to know them that, like, make the, make me love them so much. So uh, Fafnir is another dragon who comes over, from, or a demon who comes over from this uh, alternate universe that Toru and Kana are from. And he ends up living with Toru or with uh, Kobayashi's workmate um uh, Takia d- yes and he's a closet weeaboo he's a he's a total weeaboo but he hides it during the day under this very handsome um veneer I guess um and at home him and Fafnir end up like gaming together and making games together and being total weeb nerds and going to like all the special events and stuff at yeah. all the stores. <laughs> and there's there's a moment where um uh I'm sorry, what, what was the coworker's name again? Uh, Takia. Takia. He comes he comes home from work and it had been raining and it was late. They were pulling like this late night and he comes home and you know, he's apologizing to Fafnir as he's walking through the door, but he sees that Fafnir had set out like dinner and a towel and Fafnir was busy playing games uh, or whatever, like kind of just continuing their normal routine, but in a way that was like, hey, I am like here for you kind of, you know, like it was just this very like, and it was a silent moment in the anime. Like it was, it was quiet. No one said anything beyond like um, Takuya saying like, hey, I'm home. Sorry about that. Um, You just have this quiet moment of understanding. And it was so nice because that was, that moment where we're not even seeing Fafnir's face, we get such a clear illustration of how his character has developed. And that was towards the end of the series, I think. So it was kind of like the, the yeah. period on the end of his uh, character arc. Where like he, he went from hating humans so much to caring about whether or not one of them got sick. Uh, and... Everyone's so, game. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna get into 
the titty character just because she's the next in the list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's this is this like for character wise, uh, Lukua is like not my favorite character, but like mythology wise, she is. Because I each each, really each one of these dragon characters is based on like character. something. She's for one, she's Lukua is. Uh, I can never say it. it's Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl, yeah. Sorry, I'm probably also saying it bad. Um, who is an actual Aztec goddess, like, and she, they, 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 they bring this up so many times, but they explain, like, why she is, like, in the human world, it's because, and this is actual, like, in actual Aztec mythology, is she caused some scandal involving a sister, and she was really drunk, and, like, she lost her status as a goddess, yeah, like they, like they they bring that up so much, and it's the most embarrassing thing in the world to her. So with Lakoa, it's I go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like I no, I totally agree with you, Kevin. Um, like I love Quetzalcoatl as a goddess, and I feel like Lakoa was a missed opportunity, kind of. Yes, definitely. Like, she the, the only really good moment she has is like one of the first times we see her in a, at the, at the party where she says you know like she's never seen Toru so happy um since she's like you know until she got here with Kobayashi and it kind of like it kind of helps you know show some of the character growth for for Toru but like that's really it <laughs> you know I I actually slightly disagree I feel like her character was definitely the most tropey and the most, like, fan servicey of all of the characters. And while I didn't really care for that, I feel like this, like, couple of moments she had where she was being, like, an actual character really helped heighten the scene she was in emotionally. She was a very, like, I guess, uh mature and like understanding figure for both sides especially when like Kobayashi and Toru would have an occasional like misunderstanding or spat and I feel like her inclusion could have been used better as like a foil with her and uh whatever the little kid's name was uh, Shoda Shoda uh I feel like that dynamic could have been used better but where they did use her for, like, actual story beats and not just titty time, like, were actually genuinely charming. I mean, so, <laughs> there, okay, I, 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 I mean, I, I do want to talk about the fan service stuff. You brought up <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. And, <laughs> God, it's so fucking, like, there, there's, there's a couple, there's just a couple moments with, with her and Shoda. And my uh, favorite is during, during the, the school Do we have festival. to? Yes. 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 No. Yes. The school episode, the school festival part, where where they're doing the scavenger hunt, and and show show thing is it says exotic uh exotic treasure, <laughs> and he pulls he pulls Luko out of the crowd and brings her to the judge and points at her, and he still gets approved for for like getting the scavenger hunt for that <laughs> one, and like all the boys are like, oh man, your sister is so cool, and he's so fucking embarrassed for her to be there for him. <laughs> Well, I mean, I feel like I can do like that's fine. Like I feel I like, like half of her character was titty. Yeah, 
know more than half of her, her, her character model was. but Which yeah. is a bummer because, like, Ryan, I agree with what you're saying, where, like, the moments that where she was a character, she was great and she was important, but she didn't get that opportunity a lot. And I feel like if any, like, if any of the characters were kind of just, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just their tropes. She was the one for yeah. sure, which is again like a bummer because of the way that all the other characters kind of defy their tropes. Um, but Lukua and Shoda are the ones that don't, and that is like that's a bummer to me because I wanted to see that dynamic become something more interesting than what it was. I'm wondering if this is just a product of like the episode count, like wanting to I feel like it probably is because yeah. I feel like they established the characters as the same as they established the other ones mm-hmm. they just didn't have enough time to show that uh like evolution evolution yeah, yeah. like because I feel like there are moments where she completely defies the trope she's being defined as yeah and it, it just didn't have enough time to solidify that, like, change. I will say, and it's, I, I completely agree. Um, there are moments with her that feel, and this, this sounds really cliche, and uh, with a lot of the dragons, they feel very human. And, like, mm-hmm. their emotions and their actions and, you know, and, and not being the trope that they that they all are. And you get to Lukua, and it's, it feels like they're, they're on the cusp of making her such a, a great character. And they just keep missing the mark every single time. And it felt like she, she could she could have been so fantastic. She could have been more than just the fan service, you know, or, or the butt of a lot of jokes. Because that's what she was in this series, a butt, the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah. And I feel like they were they were setting up her to be that and didn't follow through. And I feel like uh, an unfortunate side effect of a lot of, uh, like, kind of moe-centered animes is that the fan service has to be there for God knows what reason. Like, and it's probably something that they just kind of had to have in there for marketability. Well... It it made some stuff very funny, though. Like, 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 there's... Like, the... Again, the second comic that they go to, and... You know, Toru sees, like, the actual demons that are there who are, like, mixing in with the cosplayers. Um, and they say, oh, yeah, this is the only time we can ever be in our, you know, our actual demon form and not be humans when we're in this world. And it pans over to, you know, and they're talking about cosplayers. And it pans over to a bunch of other demons, like, just, just you know, out and about that are just mixed in with the cosplayers. And then it just shoots over to Lukua getting escorted away. Because instead of just being in, like, her dragon form, she's in, like, a bikini. And I was like, it's funny, but what was that for? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's one of those things where you're just like, ah, okay. You know, like, or, you know, the only the only moment where it was fan service where I was like, okay, this kind of makes sense to her character, is with Shoda when they go to the beach. Um, because he calls her a demon because she's, like, she's the fan service character. Um... And 
he always calls her a demon, and then she she tries to rub the uh, the suntan lotion on him, and he gets super embarrassed and like runs away, and like she tries so hard, but it just it never comes across that like she's as caring as she's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, in a really unfortunate part of this anime, which is probably the only part that I really just did not like, was her and Shota's relationship was really uncomfortable yeah like in a like an inappropriate sense and i know some of that is like a cultural difference that this is made for a japanese audience and i am not that audience but like it really started crossing the line in the the name of humor for me yeah same yes like eh, it's just like it really was super unnecessary like you could have had Shota be embarrassed by her because she's like a sexy demon lady without going quite as far as they did. Yeah, I agree. Right. I I kind of wish, and this this was just like my hope for this, and maybe this could have been done if we had like got like twenty six episodes or something with this, where because when we're when we're introduced to Shota, he's introduced like as himself as like a a, a mage, and you know he, he technically he did actually summon Lukuwa through that summoning circle because he made a legit summoning circle and she's just the one that went through it mm-hmm. um but they explain like he talks about his dad and then kobayashi's like oh no he works with me like he's just a guy that works with me and it makes me feel like there could have been a big thing with her and him where she could have been the character to kind of give him give him some some growth and kind of like see who he is as a person and not like this little mage kind of persona he has with you know with himself yeah I, maybe, yeah. you know he is like a little kid yeah but still like she could have been used to kind of like like if 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 he would have found out about like his dad like not being like a real wizard or something and she was used to like help comfort him through that or something mm-hmm. and you know i was like that would have been a, such a great character from thing. that their relationship they yeah. just didn't yeah. develop at all ba- basically like what you're saying kind like they just needed more episodes to show it yeah but I think, I feel like the single blemish of this show is the, like, inappropriate fan service between the two. Yep. Yeah. Um, but actually, that's a pretty good segue to talking about the difference between the manga, if you want to do that. Oh, gosh. Well, was one more, we have one more dragon to bring up. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, and yeah. I forgot about her. <laughs> yeah. I... This is... She, this, she, this, we've got Elma, the last dragon, uh, that, that really, that, the last dragon that's really a main character that pops up, I'll say that. Um. Was she a main character? Well, she's, I mean. She's in, like, four episodes. Again, this is probably. For, 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 yeah, but for, for how far, for how late she comes across, which is really weird, it took them so long to, to put her in the show. Um, because she's in the opening from the beginning, like you, you'd think she would have popped up a lot sooner. I feel like the second half um, of the um, season felt a little bit rushed. Yeah, because they yes. they introduce so many concepts late game with new like established characters. It just felt really kind of weird. Um, but we got Elma, who she <laughs> she tries so hard. To do like her, cause she's in the the order faction of the dragons, uh, which is a thing that's explained in an episode. And it's pretty much like if there there's two factions of dragons, there's order and there's chaos. Toru's chaos, which makes no sense. 
uh, Elma is Order, and like they're just like this this constant rivalry. And Elma is a fucking idiot. That's I mean, this is <laughs> she's so she's, she's very uh, swayable. Yeah, she's naive. Naive. That's the word I was looking for. She's very. Uh, naive. Their entire <laughs> rivalry felt super duper forced too. Yeah. It felt very forced. Uh, I, <laughs> I like how gullible she is, though. I love that she's just, she's completely gullible as to like how she interacts with people. I think it's less like, gullibility when... and more bribeability. Well, that that's a little bit no. Low. Like when she first introduced, she like because they were they were like Toru was like let's let's make this portal to go fight in this place. Yeah. And Elmo goes through. Toru just stays there and closes the portal, and Elmo's just left in like another <laughs> continent. That was really good, yeah. Um, or she comes back and she bribes her with cream puffs to make her leave because she was hungry. Yeah, she's she's a very uh, I don't I hesitate to say simple because she's not. She has her complexities, but like she's a very um, sweet and naive character. Is naive was really a good adjective there. Uh, I think some of her best moments though are. Probably, like, whenever she's in the office setting with Kobayashi. Oh, yeah, I really like that. She, okay, so for people who haven't seen it and for some reason are an hour deep into this episode, um, <laughs> she, Elma decides to stay and keep an eye on Toru in the human realm. Well, because she can't go back either. None of them can go back by themselves, which makes no sense to me. Yeah, that's that's one of those things I feel got lost in the episode count. Um, but Elma decides to stay around and um or she has to stay around and so she gets a job working at the same uh uh office that uh kobayashi works and when they saw each other it was a really good moment of like what the fuck what are you doing here (laughs) um and yeah she just becomes an office lady she starts out not knowing a, a, a goddamn thing, and like uh, Kobayashi has to teach her how to like use a computer, yeah. and uh, like how money works. Because she was like, "Oh, I'll get paid, and I can buy food." She's like, "You won't get paid for what, like three weeks?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's and that oh that that moment right there, the first the first day after work with Kobayashi is another like Kobayashi growth moment where you know she's like, "This dragon just came and destroyed half of my apartment." Um, but I feel bad for her. I'm going to buy her food and kind of, like, help kind of guide her on the way while she's here. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I I mean, I feel like, um, pretty much all the stuff with Elma was, uh, well, one, we've all kind of said it's, like, forced or rushed, and I think that's just a a casualty of the episode count. Um, I mean, I don't really have any, like, solid opinions ever. I, I thought that, like, her, like, supreme lust of food was kind of funny when they played up the gags. But otherwise, like, her character is a she's lot poor. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I guess that's the only thing is, like, I just wish that we got more time with her to get to know her and, like, yeah. see her character develop. Because um, she's the only character that doesn't have a character arc, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not I feel like of... we'll get, like, like, a little movie for this show or something. Yeah. Or some more OVAs or something. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to a second season. I would love a second season. I would love actually. a second season, but it all comes down to how well the show performed over here and over there and all that stuff like that. Yeah. Hopefully we find out uh, soon. But 
let's talk about the differences between the anime and the manga because there's some very stark differences and we're not going to go too much into it because i've only read like half of the first volume i couldn't i i read the first volume um all the way through and that was enough for me I read the first one. I was I was so excited when okay, so I didn't know anything about the manga at all. Bef- like I saw the anime and I said, "I want more of this" cuz I wasn't sure if it was going to get a second season. So I picked up the manga and I mentioned it on Twitter and everyone was like, "Oh no, <laughs> you don't want to do that." I I gave it a glance and I just decided to not. Uh I will say the one thing I really like is the art style they use for the manga. Yeah, I do really like the art style. It's very, it has a very like loose kind of gestural quality to it, which I like. Um, but the, the, okay, so you know how we spent the past hour talking about how all the characters kind of defied their tropes? <laughs> In the manga, they don't. I mean, to nope. be fair, you only read the first volume. Yeah, but the first volume kind of encompassed the first two or three episodes. Mm. So they are their tropes the end. It's very, it's so, such a completely different feeling series that like I can't, just don't look at the source material if you want to enjoy this anime because like it, it's just, it's so, like what, what did it start out as like a, a, a comic in a magazine, right? So it's very much, mm-hmm. it's, Okay, so, I, sorry, I'm, like, trying to organize my thoughts here, so sorry for repeating myself. Oh, but, no, you're fine. Um, <clears throat> like, I'm not under any dissolution that this was, this was made for a Japanese audience. It was not made for an American audience. Um, and I feel like they got to the anime and they said, well, we can probably market this a little bit better if we change it. Um, we can market it outside of Japan a little bit better if we tweak a couple of things. I mean, they could just make it better by doing the bare minimum. <laughs> well, I mean, they... They well they they did and the anime team kind of killed it, um, considering that considering the um, the source material. But like you know, Toru instead of um, like okay at the beginning in the first episode, Toru does um, Kobayashi's laundry by like licking it clean, and in the manga she's like she just licks her panties clean, uh. and it's like that kind of stuff where it's just like. Did you have to? Uh, that, really? I didn't need to know that. Yeah, did you? Have to? And again, like, and again, like you said, it's it's stuff that's definitely for a different, a completely different audience than we are. But still, like, that's the little. Actually, that's know. interesting you say that because I distinctly remember in that scene in the anime, uh, Taru's explaining that like dragon saliva is super cleaning, and she's like licking a shirt or something. And Kobayashi is scolding her and telling her to do it normally. And then there's a gag where she's like, oh, maybe I should just do the delicates. And it's, and it, the way it comes across is so, like, lighthearted and not creepy. Yeah. Like, the fact that in the manga she apparently just, like, tries to lick Kobayashi's underpants. Oh, no, she does. She oh. doesn't try. She does. Oh, good. See, that's a lot. She says, she, she <laughs> says, like, I washed all of your clothes in the washer and dryer except the delicates, which I did in my mouth. Or something like that. Oh. So it's like it it all of those tropes that you kind of look at the anime and expect are what the manga is. Like that source material is exactly what you think it is. 
And it bummed. That's such a shame. It bummed me out so much because, like, again, like I finished the anime and I was like, I want more of these characters and I want more of this world and I want to know more. Like, the way that it ended to me just came across as like a office worker and her dragon girlfriend take care of their dragon baby, and like that's not what that's not what the manga is. The manga is here's a bunch of horrible tropes that you have come to expect from manga. God, I don't even want to yeah. see what the manga does with Shota and Luiko. Oh my God, you don't want to see what the manga does with Kana. Nope. It's oh no. Oh God. Oh no. Um, Not Kana the baby. Oh yeah, Kana the baby. No. My child. There's. Uh, I think this is at the very end. So Kev, I don't know if you saw it, but there is a little short scene where um, it's Valentine's Day, and <sighs> <laughs> it's Valentine's Day, and oh, it gets worse. Uh, Toru decides that she's going to make chocolates for um, Kobayashi. Okay, that's cute. That's cute. So what uh-huh. she decides Starts to do Starts off cute. Kind of... That's how Valentine's Day works over there. You know, end it here. I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see... I could so clearly see what the uh, anime people would do. But what, what the manga artist did was he decided to have Toru put, put aphrodisiac in the chocolates. Why? God, Kana doesn't eat them, does she? And what happens is... Um, Stop. I don't know. Do you want me to finish this? I kind of just want to know because... Finish of, like, it. But masochism. Nothing, nothing horrible happens to Kana. Okay. okay. All right. Now I feel better. Thank now. God. Okay. But, I feel, yeah, I feel a lot better than nothing happens to Kana. But uh, Kobayashi ends up accidentally... Uh, I don't remember how because at this point I was like, no, they're not gonna. <laughs> and I was kind of rushing through it. Um, but Kobayashi accidentally eats the chocolates and she comes home from work. And... I'm glad you home was after that. I'm glad yeah. you finished that sentence. <laughs> she comes home from work. You perverts. <laughs> um, <laughs> she comes home from work and Toru's not there, but Kana is. And she looks down at Kana and she's like, Oh shit! I'm getting horny. I can't be around this small child. And she leaves. But it's like, it's like, why? Why? Why did that? Why did that have to exist? Stop. Why couldn't nope. it just be like cute Toru making chocolates and it would be adorable? And oh like, god, that like turns my it's stomach. It's so gross and so bad. Like I just. Oh, uh, you put that on our bookshelf. Sorry, we don't have. We can get rid of it. <laughs> we don't have to. Do that. I, so ashamed. So you put it on our bookshelf. But like it, it's one of those things where like I read that Take and I'm like I can't to... go I can't go further I don't want to see what they do to Lukoa or Shoto like I don't no. want I don't want that. God, that no, no, hell no. Yeah, so it's the the manga is what you expect the anime will be, and the anime will surprise the shit out of you. <laughs> oh man, that's. That, that, that sucks, really right? Me I'm sorry. Lot. I'm sorry, but like I think it's important oh, ew, no. for people to no, know. No, it's that, fine, like, but like I mean, we have to talk anime... about some bit of the source material. Yeah, like the, the anime is not without its faults, and a lot of that is due to the source material. But considering what the the producers of the anime had, the changes that they made, like they made it a good series. Of, I would say like a pretty solid series, and like. Yeah, it has its capital M moments, but overwhelmingly, it's not what I was expecting, and I'm really glad I watched it. Yeah, that kind of sums up my thoughts pretty well, actually. <laughs> yeah, the shows. Um, I mean, okay, let's let's so let's do final impressions. Final impressions. Um, like you said, the show's not without its faults. 
if you, I mean, just make a free Crunchyroll subscription. If you've never used Crunchyroll before, you get like a month free. Just watch this. I mean, this is this is twelve episodes. It's like six hours of your time. If you're if you have like a, if you're sick one day and you're just like I want to watch a cute anime, watch this. Enjoy yourself. Animation quality is fucking top notch. Uh, yeah. Like most stuff that comes out in 2017, except for Berserk because Berserk looked like ass with that CG bullshit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, watch it. It's good. It's good. Enjoy the characters. You'll love. After like you know the first couple episodes, you will fall in love with this series so fast and so Pretends hard. Pretends there's and no manga. There yeah, is no the, manga. the manga does not exist. What is manga? I don't know. Never heard of that shit. Sounds gay. Mango. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get to my probably my favorite part of this this show is our questions from our listeners. Um. Oh, there's more. Our first yeah. question. All of our Twitter. All of our questions come from uh, come from Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We always do questions at the end of this. Um, Sorry, I'm not familiar with the format of this show. <laughs> oh, it's it's all good. It's all good. Uh, our first question comes from at Hattie Chats on Twitter, and they ask, "What? Well, we just talked about this, but their question was, what is uh, opinions on the manga in comparison to the anime?'" Manga, the manga doesn't exist. That's Ma- manga doesn't doesn't, there exist. is no manga. No. There's only the anime. So, I'm so sorry. That's how your question got answered. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I, hopefully it was a little bit more extensive than we probably would have uh, addressed in the uh, question section. But, you know. Mm-hmm. The manga is really bad. It's, it's so bad, guys. It's so it's, bad. Oh, it's so bad. If you really need to, look, like, if you really need to see the source material, fine. I get it. But it's don't expect anything compared to what the anime is. Can I can I share a thing that people were telling me about the manga? Oh God, is it gonna ruin yes. our night? Yes, it's gonna ruin your night. Okay then. So again, like well, since I was podcast. talking about it on this, Twitter, this is the last thing I'm doing today. <laughs> since I was talking about this on Twitter, like, hey, I'm gonna read this manga. Like, I love the anime, so I'm gonna check out the manga and see how that goes. And I've had I had so many people tell me that this existed, and I didn't want to look it up to confirm it. So still take this with a grain of salt. But apparently, so in the anime, again, like I said, it kind of comes off as this very like queerish relationship between Toru and um, and Kobayashi, like, raising Kana, and it's very cute and heartwarming, even if you don't necessarily want to see them at, in that kind of relationship. In the manga, um, Kobayashi won't be attracted to, Koru, uh, uh, to Toru unless Toru has a penis. So guess what Toru gets? What the fuck? Yup. What? Yup. Yup. I'm like, what? Wait, again, what? I... No, can you repeat that? I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on. It's okay. You good? Yeah. Are, is, are you okay? Or like, did you just want me to repeat what just happened because of... No, something? just repeat what you just said because I'm just, I want to make sure I caught what you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you heard correctly. Kobayashi will not be attracted to Toru because Toru doesn't have a, a penis. So Toru grows one. Yeah. Yeah. 
So again, very there glad is the no anime manga. Took a different approach so that must have been thing. a fan fiction. Yeah, there is no manga. Ugh. Kev, there's no manga. That was a fan fiction. No, there is no. That manga. was something a Tumblr user wrote. God, uh, just that was just some 4chan bullshit. There's yeah, no manga. No manga. There's, there's no manga. There's no such thing as manga. What is what is the written format? Some uh, horrible nonsense. So movies. thank you for your question about that non-existent thing. <laughs> Uh, our next question actually comes from Vince. Uh, he sent us some questions because he, he can't be here to do the podcast today. Um, he asks, he has two questions. Um, what is your favorite, first question, what is your favorite special ability that you've seen in a series? That's a good question. So like superpower or like, Just you know, any series? Uh, any series. Like anime series. Uh, a- this is a doozy of a question. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep it to, like, more recent anime because that that could just be the rest of our night. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, the guy's, uh, like, time ability in Erased. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you ever talked about okay. that, but it was a, a more recent series uh, that ended like Oh, I love Erased. I think we all love Erased. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the way that they did that in that series. Even though time travel isn't necessarily my favorite like plot point, I thought it was very interesting and cool. Uh, I'm looking up the name of this character. I'm looking up the name of a move so I remember uh, if I do. Uh, this, this we we just we just talked about this series. Uh, here we go. Um. The uh, Fumikage's quirk in in My Hero Academia for its dark shadow is cool as shit to me, especially when you get to the second season. Is um, he bird where guy? The show is now. Yes, the bird face dude. Fucking love that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, his, I totally his forgot quirk about My Hero Academia. It's cool as shit. Cause that shit's cool as hell. Yeah, that was our that was our episode last week, and boy oh boy, we had a good time talking about that. I love Frog Girl. Uh, Frog Girl is very good. She is the well. She's second best girl. She's not best girl. Um, excuse she's, you. She's second best girl. Sorry. She's second best girl. What is Floaty Girl best girl? Yeah. I, I love mean, her. she's okay. No, she's so cute. She'd be better if she smooched the frog, but you know, whatever. Oh, I hadn't thought of that shit before, but now that's where I live. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, mine. Uh, my favorite is uh, the Genki Dama from Dragon Ball Z or the Spirit Bomb. Sorry. Yeah. It was such a cool moment. It was so freaking cool. Like I'm judging you. The first time it gets used is very fucking cool. It's so cool, and it, it's totally just for that like first moment where like you see you see it, like oh my god it was just it was a freaking cool ass moment and like i still you had think to about look up on your phone what I the spirit bomb was i couldn't remember i couldn't remember sorry guys <laughs> i'm a bad anime fan <laughs> goku raise hands attack that's what you is that what you Go, goku raises his hands and everyone in the world gives him his energy attack oh my god that one uh uh, yeah, the, the spirit bomb was cool as fuck. It's the first time, and then when he does it against Majin Buu, oh, it's are so like cool. Too cool. Just because, like, he even like Vegeta, who fucking still pretty much hates Goku, was like, take every bit of energy I have and kill this fucking thing. Yeah, like that, uh, man. It was. Um, I know. I know. Dragon Ball Z gets a lot of shit. 
but like it shouldn't. It's a really good. It's a really good anime. And the first, it's it's a good anime. It's campy as fuck. It That's, is campy as fuck. But it's only, it takes it takes itself too serious. It's only campy as fuck because like we have the nostalgia filter. Like when that first came out, that was the shit. That was awesome. Um, I would run home from the goddamn bus stop every day to watch Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. I actually didn't see it until I was in college. I didn't watch any of it shit. until I was in college. I actually the first time I grew, I grew up on Dragon Ball. The first time I watched Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, I didn't see it until um, I was in college. Uh, the first time I watched Dragon Ball was actually in a tent waiting for the Wii to be released. <laughs> Jesus. Outside of a Walmart. So. <laughs> oh my God! I was in like the ninth grade. Jesus Christ! I was in college, friends. I, I was. I was in either seventh or eighth grade. Yikes. But, yeah, that's where I first watched Dragon Ball, and then me and my friends were obsessed with it for now. I'm kind of surprised you didn't see the original series till then. I watched, like, one or two episodes when they were on Toonami, but it was, like, so out of order. And, like, by the time I got into it, it was, like, the, the Majin Buu arc, uh, and it was towards the end of that, and they... The best arc of Dragon Ball Z. It was during that time where, like, they would air an arc for like three weeks and then go back and do reruns for months yeah I so i fell out of it because like i was getting super into it and then they just didn't do it anymore so then i just didn't watch it until college and one of my 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 friends ian was like was put his hands on my shoulder and was like no you don't understand we need to watch this of course he did yeah so yep thank you bless you ian yeah uh, so that's the answer to your first question, Vince. Second question, it's probably a little bit easier for me. Uh, if you could fist fight any anime character, who would it be and why? Okay, Kev, since yours is uh, easy, go I'd fight it. fucking, I'd fight fucking Vegeta, hands down. He would kill you in a second! No, no, if we could be on, like, equal fucking level and I could fist fight Vegeta, that'd be the best shit in the world. Okay, so we're assuming in this hypothetical situation that we have comparable power or ability to the thing we're fighting. Yes. Yes. Rock Lee. That's oh my one. god. I want to beat up Rock Lee or try. That's a good one. I Except he has to keep Lee. his fucking little like heavy feet things on because nobody can fucking toy with that bitch. <laughs> I need Rock Lee with handicap, please. <laughs> Rock Lee with, with, his, with his piccolo weights that he has around his ankles. Yep. I can't do any like lion kicks, whatever the fuck that was called. Where you, that is still where you beat the, the shit best, out of uh, like, Gara. So cool! Was, like I, that whole episode is like it's, it's two, my two favorite characters fighting. I was like, "Fuck me!" I watched yeah. that when um, when Cartoon Network was playing the first few seasons mm-hmm. of Naruto for the first mm-hmm. time. I was in um, fifth or sixth grade. I remember watching it on this. Little, I am like, not that much older than you. Holy shit! <laughs> I remember watching it on this little teeny tiny like 12 inch TV in my bedroom because I had this little like garbage television that I literally got from a dumpster. (laughs) Um, We just had basic cable and I got like three channels and Cartoon Network was one of them. I fucking every goddamn week I would sit there like five inches away from this fucking screen watching Naruto. That scene, the episodes though, came on at like that was the episodes came on at like eight thirty at night right before fucking tsunami started or Adult Swim sorry because tsunami wasn't a thing at that point. 
I, I okay, so I was uh, illegally downloading Naruto as it aired. In How Japan. dare you? You, <laughs> you call me a fucking nerd? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, by the way, I was in college, so <laughs> yeah. Um, Sometimes it's really apparent how much older you are than I am. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm an old lady. Sorry, y'all. We're your problematic faves. <laughs> yeah, that's six-year age difference. Seven. Six most of the year. <laughs> anyway, my character I would fight, and you're going to fucking laugh at me, Ryan. Probably. Can you guess? Mm, Can you guess? The eyeball boy from Yu Yu Hakusho. No, no, but yeah, okay, I would fight that. Um, he uh, the that long-haired wispy dude from no, Fushigi Yugi. Okay, you fucking can't. Which one? I I don't. I'm not that's, familiar. That's ninety percent of the. <laughs> is it from Fushigi Yugi? I don't Fush, know Fushigi? which one you're talking about. There are is a lot of Ra- them. Is it Boy Ranma? No, but is it Inuyasha? No. Is it any other stop, th- okay, fucking character? Stop dragging me on the internet. <laughs> First of all, any any fight I started with boy or girl Ranma would not end in fighting. Gross. <laughs> Don't Hell be yeah. gross on the podcast. Same with Inuyasha. Hell yeah. They are my boyfriend slash girlfriends. Is it a boy character or a girl No, character? it's a girl character. Fuck. Um, I want to play this Gunsta game now. I'm it's, trying to think of animes I know you It's a girl character. Like. We have watched this anime within the past couple months. This is a newer series. It's a newer series. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. It's Hold not on. from the bad ones, I reckon. No. Fucking what animes have we watched recently? It's not like My Hero Academia. Is it Floaty Girl? Is it any of the girls from My Hero Academia? It's not a girl from My Hero Academia. Jesus Christ, what the fuck have no, we I like this. I like this guessing game. Sorry if this is not great podcasting, but <laughs> come on, you no, can do is, it. This is really good podcasting. It's not from Shit. Dragon Maid either. I just, I don't remember what fucking anime is. Is okay. it? Is I need that a, I need a genre. Not, anime. I would beat the shit out of his. I, I said it's from a good one, Ryan. <laughs> Damn. Oh, God. I need a genre. I need to give me a genre, and I can. Genre. Um. What the fuck have we watched? I don't know if I should say this because it's gonna. Give All right. It away. What the, what is it? It is the main character from Kenka Bacho Otome. Oh, the Rowdy Boys. <laughs> the Rowdy Boy anime. Have you been watching this? Oh okay, God. we know for a fact that if you yeah. started fighting her, you would not end. It would in not end fighting. in fighting. First of all, it would not end in fighting. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, it is Excuse a. You. <laughs> says the guy. Okay, no, never mind. No, no, this is just gonna end in tears. Don't be gross on the podcast. That's way too late. We're way too late. Um, yeah, we're past that. We're yeah. I'm, if you want to just edit all this shit out, I would not put it past you. Or we have had can. we have had so many times where we've stopped and like talked about like hentai and BL shit on here. Oh, don't get her started, please. Wait, no, no, no. Well, when I was on the episode, I talked about the worst hentai I've ever seen. Oh no, you remember that I was talking the, about the, the blue girl, blah blue girl, yeah. Oh god, she blah, explained blah, that. Blah to blue me girl gets brought up very often. Eve. But anyway, no, um, Kenka Bacho Otome is a anime, a, like, seven-minute anime. Um, wait, Kev, are you watching it? Yes. Okay, awesome. Um, so for your listeners, I guess, then, um, it's about a girl who gets conned into going to an all-boys school, and it is a rowdy boys school, so she needs to now fight her way to the top to be the leader of the school. It, it's basically boy. a girl pretending to be a boy who has to be the rowdiest boy. And she's really good at fighting. She's the best, ra- she's the rowdiest boy. 
But she's also still a girl. <laughs> she has to, I guess, smooch all the color-coded boys. Does she? She can smooch me. I mean, they're all going to have crushes on her by the end of it. <laughs> the color-coded boys. They all have so different good. color hair. Like, they're color-coded. It's, it's so good. It's so you know which one that you want to smooch She's about. pink. There's the orange boy who's pretty rowdy, but he's, like, the best friend. There's the green boy who's stoic Isn't at first. Isn't that realize yeah. he's actually a family boy. There's blue hair boy who we haven't met yet who seems... Like, calm and calculating. Like, they're all color-coded. Wait, no, I haven't pulled up. Who are the other boys? What are the other color codes? I mean, there's probably a red hair boy. Just, like... No, we got the red hair boy. I thought there was an orange boy. Oh, wait, no, there's... No, he's blonde. Is he blonde or orange? The friend is blonde. Okay, he's blonde. It's spiky blonde. But, I mean, there's... one more color you're missing. uh, Purple. Nope. Uh, fucking... Blue? Who gives a shit? Did you say white? No. Oh, okay, well, it's white. Sorry, Kat, it's a little hard to hear you over the... Screaming. Nobody gives a shit about this anime guessing game. I give a shit. I think it's fun. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> I do like me some oh white hair God. anime boys, though. Yeah, me too. So. Okay, anyway. Uh, Vince, thank you for your two questions. Uh, thank you, Vince. Now I'm thinking I'm pro- about white hair anime boys. Mm. You'll probably text me about this when you listen to this at work on Tuesday. <laughs> hey, y'all. I have a question. Uh, Who's your favorite white hair anime boy? Inuyasha. What? <laughs> Uh, you know Yasha? Kalua from Hunter Hunter. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh, that is a good one. Who's your boy? I've been rewatching God, I Hunter so Hunter with Vince. You have so many. No, who's your favorite? You every, every white hair anime boy is especially, always my favorite. Especially Inuyasha, though. I mean, Inuyasha's okay. Um, <laughs> I will, I will throw down. Don't throw down. But like, Inuyasha but like Sashomaru like though. God. But like, but like Sashomaru though. Like, like, let's be real about that one. Like, Sashomaru, though. Mm, no, 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 you're wrong on this one, actually. Wow. You, wow. You and all of the other high school girls I know are wrong. That was, like, my first, like, boy anime crush. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's okay. My my best friend in high school was the Sashomaru fan, and I was the Inuyasha fan. How are you oh friends? God. I wish I wish Lauren was here because she's a big Inuyasha fan. Oh <laughs> and she my would God. love talking about this. God, we can't get into Inuyasha. She knows Inuyasha. what the fuck is up. If you guys want to, I told talk about Lauren. Inuyasha I told Lauren like we need to do like we need to do like an episode with her and we got like a bunch of other like of her like girlfriends or something and they talk about like BL shit and like oh, all that stuff. I want to like, do it. It's brought up so many fucking times. Invite me. I want to come. You're not. No, you're not I, a girl. You can't come. But I girls only. I'm close <laughs> enough. No, you're not. You're a sister. You're a trans dude. Are you laughing at me? He said I'm. He said I, just, I'm close I think it's enough. fun. That's, that is the best like response to that. No, you're not. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! This is too good. Oh. Well, I'm glad uh, you're interested. I hope we answered your question in some facet. I don't. A little tandem we went on there. Uh, our last question comes from everybody's favorite boy, Coffee Condor. Bryant! Bryant, we all love you. Thank you, Bryant. Uh, he asks, what is the first series that made you realize something about yourself? Keep it clean. Like, the first one that gave you, like, the revelation of, like, you know, like, 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 like a, a revelation about, like, your personality or something. Do you... Or who you are as a person. Uh, okay, I know my answer right away. Uh, that would be Ranma, actually. Um, oh, Ranma's so good. 
Ranma was the actually a couple of things for me. One that comics because pretty much up to Ranma, I'd been reading mostly like shoujo, magical girl stuff. And the comedy was not, it, there were like a couple moments of it, but like Ranma is pretty much just a straight comedy series. So that was pretty yeah. cool, especially because at the time that I was reading it, I was starting to get really into like drawing and making my own comics and finding stuff that kind of defied what I had expected out of comics was still new to me. Um, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I am genuinely surprised you did not say Digimon. Uh, no, because. Um, one, I've already talked, I could talk forever about Digimon and it will not end. But the other thing was, Ranma was the first, yeah, um, Ranma was the series that made me realize I was not a straight person. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so if, if, if was, a series is going to do it, it might as well be Ranma. Yeah, so it was, it was one of those things where, like, I was, the more I thought about, like, oh, I like boy Ranma. I kind of girl Ranma. I kind of like that. Really like that girl Ranma. I, yeah. I kind of like that yeah. they can switch. And that's pretty cool. And I like that. And then it kind of spiraled from there. So that was as much as like, yeah, okay, Digimon for sure was had a huge influence over my life. Um, uh, Ranma is another one that really like had a huge impact on Am me. Am I just the like, Ranma insert you settled for? No. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I can't change with hot water. That's okay, Ryan. You're still Ranma to me. I am Ryanma. Oh, now that's what I'm calling you forever. So now you need to change your Twitter handle to say I'm Ryan Ryanma three-fifths. Gosh. Ryanma three-fifths. Yeah, you're fucking clever, uh, aren't hilarious. you? Hilarious. Uh, God, this is a hard one for me. Um, This is, this is really... It's a really difficult question for me, just because there's so many fucking series I've been into over all this time. Um, I want to say probably Hunter Hunter. Like the first time I, I I when I when I was reading the manga before before they did the uh, the new anime. I think I was in high school when I started reading it, um, and it's like for for Kalua as a character. Um, to want to be so much past, you know, his his upbringing and his environment, it it made me feel like it gives you that sense of like you you you're you can go so much further than your expectations, and it made me want to like push myself to do so much different stuff than like what than what people usually expect for like for people like me, and it it, it made me. I don't know, maybe want to work harder in a lot of things. It made me feel. It made me like give myself like a, a, a drive to strive for more. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah, that's cute. I I um my Hunter Hunter experience was uh, I watched the anime, the first anime. And the I, first anime is really fucking bad. I was. It was what? <laughs> it's really fucking bad. That's really interesting. Okay, so I need to watch the new one because I really liked the old anime. I was super into it. And the new one. I, it, destroys the old one it's what i'm sorry one more time it destroys the old one the old one is garbage compared to the new one okay i gotta watch it only um like 
context I have for that anime was the one or two episodes I happened to catch on Kids WB in like the 2000s. Oh my god. It aired on Kids WB? Pretty sure. Yeah. It was either that How? or Disney yeah. XD. So I, I downloaded Hunter Hunter again like uh, illegally, sorry. Um, before the don't download illegally it's ruining the industry yeah download uh, the only reason I did that is because there was no other way to access it like there really wasn't I was I had a job I was able to pay um, mm-hmm. but I couldn't because I couldn't get it anywhere um, this was before the, the it aired on TV I didn't even know it did that and it was before I mean, it was before streaming at all it's well no no, no it, I mean like it didn't air on TV in the US the Mongo didn't exist in the US um, scanlations were down because I think the manga was in the process of coming out. So, like, my only access to it, to that series was through the anime, and I was mega into it. So I definitely have to watch the new one, especially since you say the new one's way better. It's so fucking good. Uh, Ryan, what's yours? Well, I mean, I'm, I've been sitting here stalling because, like, the same with Kev, is, like, there were so many series that I feel were, like, formative... Um, and I feel like the question is like something that made you realize something about yourself so I'm gonna skip the like the formative anime and go straight to um, actually I read it as a manga first Um, uh, Wandering Sun is a series about like two young like gender non-conforming kids um like kind of exploring their their gender and their sexuality together and it's a very slow and sweet and like genuine uh kind of dis- self-discovery I've seen series. this. Yeah, it's I highly recommend it. Um there's an anime for it. It's 12 episodes. Yeah, um I ended up reading a little bit of the manga and then because I couldn't access it cuz it wasn't available to me legally i ended up watching the anime and it really kind of was like one of the first like i guess in depth um like explorations of like it's okay to feel different and not know everything all at once um and so it was it was very like important to me to show that there was like you don't have to know everything right away and you can, like, discover it on your own. And it was a very, like, good life lesson I needed at the time. That's a good one, too. That, that's that's really good. I guess if your that's... audience doesn't know I'm queer and trans, like, as fuck, so... That no, might be really helpful context. Uh, I just thought of another one I could have used. Damn, that's, no, you should damn. say it. It's like my, uh, it's probably Eureka Seven. It's like my favorite anime series. Oh, wow. But that one, I mean, it's 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 about freedom and like, you know, believing in your cause. Like that's, and especially like now, that's like such a good like thing to really think about. Like, you know, break the mold. Go, you know, believe in what you want to believe. You know, all about. Going against the system that's kind of shitting on you, uh, and you have really no control over how hard it's shitting on you. Like, goddamn, that's fantastic. I remember super loving that anime and absolutely loathing the main character. I've never seen it. Renton. No, I feel like I. Renton starts off really shitty and gets off, turns into such a fantastic character halfway through. I feel like he just stays kind of shitty. 
<laughs> I, Did you see the whole thing? It has been a very long time, so I might just be, like, coloring it with my first impression in my memory, but... I remember really liking the whole thing a lot, just hating him as a character. You should definitely rewatch. Yeah, we should rewatch it. We should watch it since like, I haven't seen it before. I also watched it probably a lot younger than I should have. Yeah, like, let's, it, it let's is a if very you guys complex series. Let's rewatch. If it. you guys rewatch it, I will do. I will set up an episode we can talk about. It. <laughs> I kind of want to do that. It's probably on Crunchyroll. Yeah, we should find out. We should see if we can watch it. It somewhere. is on Crunchyroll, I believe. And if not, Hulu and Yes, because Eureka 7 AO is on there. So, yeah, they, they put that on there. Nice. Okay. Sweet. We should do that. Uh, All right. Don't watch Eureka 7 AO. It's really bad. It's like the sequel that nobody asked for. Yeah. Wasn't there a movie, too? There is a movie. The movie's like in, the movie's in AU. What? Uh, really? But it's still really good. They, they yeah. They did that with and a then, couple, like, Escaflowne. They did, they did they that They did that with, with uh, Full Metal Alchemist. It was such a bizarre movie. Yeah. Uh, at the in next month in Japan, we talked about this like months ago uh, when the trailer came out. But they are starting a movie series for Eureka Seven, kind of kind of in the same vein that um that Evangelion did. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but it's actually the first movie in the movie series. It's actually a complete part of the series that we don't have any information on. It's it's the prequel part with like the main character's dad and stuff and like how the world got to how it is because they talk about it a lot in the series but we have no idea what happened so the first movie in that series is explaining what the fuck happened oh, that's pretty you know what maybe we should rewatch it if the movies are coming out yeah we should rewatch it we should and then the movies are gonna the movies are gonna be like recap stuff but like it has like each movie has like half an hour of new footage that wasn't in the anime and like all redone voices and everything so oh shit yeah well alright I'm very, I'm super excited for that. <laughs> uh, but that's it for for questions and stuff. Um, so, uh, Ryan, where can we find you online? If people want to look up your stuff, where can um, they find you? I am the most active on Twitter, and it's at r i a n s y g h. I also have a website. It's ryansai.com. Uh, but if you're trying to get a hold of me or looking at my stuff, putting your peepers on me, Twitter is the best place. And Katie, what about you? Uh, I'm also mostly active on Twitter. Um, my username is Kate underscore Farina. And I also have a website, katiefarina.com, and it's Katie with a Y, not an IE. And uh, you guys, I know you guys travel to conventions sometimes. What's your next convention? If people want to come see you, buy your stuff, take a picture, all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to be at Heroes Con in Charlotte, and that is in June. And you should totally come because it's, one, an amazing show, and two, supporting a genuinely great um, comic shop. God, please come buy my books. <laughs> uh, for me... You can find me at Kev Bobbitt on Twitter. Uh, I also run the the Twitter account for the podcast, which is at Shonen Trash Cast. And uh, I also do another podcast uh, called Omnic Cast Overwatch, where we talk about Overwatch every week. Nerd. We discuss characters. <laughs> we discuss like characters and patch changes and all that shit. We're all super excited for the special event that starts in like two days. Uh, for the it's been a year since Overwatch has been out. All so right, save it for it. your other podcast. No, that's no. You, <laughs> Ryan, you're such a wiener. Ah. <laughs> Kev, Kate's being mean uh, to me on your podcast. Wow. Can you believe it? 
Yeah. So fucking rude. Everyone can be I do, weird. I do believe it, actually. <laughs> uh, looks but that is it for the show this week. Um, don't forget, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search Shonen Trash. Um, next week, we will be back with interviews with Monster Girls. Um, and I picked this series because nobody else is here, and they couldn't help me decide because we had nothing scheduled for next week. <laughs> Uh, well, I hope so it's all right. they have to watch interviews with Monster Girls. Uh, but don't forget to send in your listener questions to shonentrashcast at gmail.com or using the hashtag shonenask. I have been your host, Kevin Bobbitt. I've been Katie Farina. I guess I'm Ryan Sai. <laughs> and we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.